You are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. Forgot the ever-important clicker. (laughs) Well, this week we are continuing on our sermon series on spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices, as some people call them. Last week, Charlie reminded us that even though it might feel a little counterintuitive to some of our brains to use the language of disciplines because it can feel negative or studious or there just might be something there that your brain goes, no, no, practices is better. There is a lot of truth in thinking through our calling as disciples to require some sort of discipline. And whether we want to use the word practices or disciplines, the concept is the same. Good, intentional practices take good, intentional discipline. You see, when I was a music student, I often heard the phrase, practice makes perfect, as my encouragement and cue that, yes, practice is important, and yes, I needed to practice way more than I currently was. And while there's some truth to that, I prefer the phrase that I heard in seminary, Practice makes permanent, because one, we're never perfect. I'm so sorry to break that to you all this morning. We will never be perfect. And two, if you practice poorly more often than you practice well or practice with intentionality, you ingrain those poor habits into your muscle memory. And when you're stressed, those poor habits are what come out. And My music professor always knew which parts of my piece that I was working on I wasn't giving good attention to because those were the parts of the piece that I would make really, really silly mistakes during. And he knew this because, well, he's just magic like that. Professors know everything, I am convinced. (laughs) But also because he knew that when you practice poorly, when you make silly mistakes in your practice room and you don't fix them in the practice room, that's what comes out in your performance. Instead of taking the time to unlearn them and relearn them properly, my muscle memory took those silly mistakes to heart. And our work as disciples is pretty similar to that of being a musician or an athlete or someone else who spends intentional time practicing for something, building up that muscle memory, that permanence, as it were. These spiritual practices help train us to react more like Jesus in our world and less like, well, some of the not-so-good parts of our world. And so this week, we're focusing on the discipline of prayer. Prayer is an exciting, although somewhat challenging practice to focus on because it's so integrated into some of the other disciplines we'll touch on throughout this series or that we already touched on last week with the practice of fasting. There's a book that's been on my wish list for a couple of years now. 
called The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Alberg Calhoun that walks through about 66 different spiritual disciplines. And of those 66, approximately 22 of them are different forms of prayer. That's approximately one third of the book that covers different forms of prayer. And one could argue that the other 44, the other two thirds of that book, use aspects of prayer in one way or another, because that's just how all encompassing prayer is. And one of the things I love about prayer is the simple reminder that prayer is just talking with God. It can be these long, beautiful, poetic words of thanks and praise, of weeping with the world when we need to weep. But it can also be as simple as an exclamation of, God, why? Or, hey, thanks, God. I saw what you did there. During my time as a camp counselor over the summers, I often found myself with kids who were scared to pray. What, what if I say the wrong words or, or forget something? Or being met with cries of, I forgot the words to this prayer, God doesn't love me anymore. And while I couldn't fix all of their tears, that reassurance that we can talk to God however and whenever we want, that it's okay if we forget the magic words went a really, really long way for some of these kids I worked with. And it went a long way for me too, honestly. You see, one of my fears of becoming a pastor was the expectation that I would be asked to pray a lot. I was definitely one of those kids that would cry at the possibility of being asked to pray on the spot. Sometimes I can still be that kid, honestly. Because for me, growing up, praying was something that we did together here in church, where the pastor would stand up here and pray these beautiful, elaborate, gorgeous prayers. And as someone who isn't very poetic, this felt really inaccessible to me as something that I could do on my own. So if you're someone who carries this fear too, just remember, prayer is simply talking with God. And that talking can take so many forms. And one of those forms is 100% the non-poetic ramblings of our thoughts and our thanks and our needs, our half-thoughts and missed lines of once-remembered corporate prayers. It's all prayer. It's all beautiful. And God is happy to hear it. In fact, one of my new favorite reminders of this is the quote that's in your bulletin from the book New Directions for Holy Questions. It says, prayer is communication with God. We can pray with or without words. We are in prayer when we notice what God is doing around us in the world each and every day. Prayer is communication and this communication can happen in so many different ways. Yes, we have our more standard, as I call them, types of prayers. When we pray together at mealtimes, when you pray at bedtime, when we come together and pray together in worship. 
but we also have many ways of prayer where you can use your entire body if that feels more prayerful for you. Yoga, while being good for us in many, many ways, can be a type of prayer if that is the intention that you take to that time. You can also use full body movements as part of your prayers. In fact, if you came to the Lenten worship and Lenten supper and worship on Wednesday night, this may seem a little familiar to you. This is the benediction we used. We go out in peace to love God, our neighbors, and ourselves. Amen. By using our bodies with our prayers, with enough practice, with enough discipline, when we use these movements outside of our prayers, they may remind us of our prayers and being in relationship with God, with our neighbors, with ourselves. One of my new ways of praying right now is actually breath prayers. This is where you take a two-sentence saying or phrase and you pray one sentence in as you breathe in and pray the other one out as you exhale. And yes, the words are important, but more importantly than the words is that inhale and exhale that you're practicing. As someone who has anxiety, this has helped me to better connect with myself, but also to God in those moments when I need to be calmed, when the worries and the thoughts of the world and my brain are too much. Two breath prayers that I've been cycling between lately actually come from a newer book that came out in January called Black Liturgies, Prayers, Poems, and Meditations for Staying Human by Cole Arthur Riley. They both come from her section on lament and grief. The first one is a little bit more general, a little bit more for those moments when life is just a little too much. So you inhale. I don't have to hold every pain at once. And then you exhale. I can feel and not be consumed. I don't have to hold every pain at once. I can feel and not be consumed. Her second one that I've been journeying with touches more on the specific grief journey that many of us might be on these days. Inhale. I won't rush my grief. Exhale. These tears are sacred. I won't rush my grief. These tears are sacred. And you just repeat these lines a few times in your mind, breathing in and breathing out until your mind has calmed itself a little bit and you feel a little more settled in that moment. Now, breath prayers are not necessarily what we will find in scripture, but we do have prayers that we find in our scriptures. We have this one from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, may your name be revered as holy. 
May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. You see, Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer in Scripture for us to memorize and to use, memorized if we want, but also as a model for the disciples to use in their own prayer lives. If we look at the Lord's Prayer and break it down into chunks, we see that there are two distinct things that Jesus identifies in this prayer. The first one being, Jesus names and proclaims who God is and calls us to name and proclaim who God is to us in our prayers as a way of honoring God and honoring our relationship with the sacred. Second, Jesus invites us to name and pray for our human needs because that's important to God too. Whether that's peace and justice on this earth, our daily needs of food and safety, forgiveness, help resisting temptations, Whatever those may be, that's what the second part of the prayer calls us to. So if you're someone who likes structure and having something to follow in your prayer life, I invite you to use the structure of the Lord's Prayer for your personal prayers. Name and praise who God is, and then name what needs you have for that day. Now, the Lord's Prayer isn't our only prayer reference in our scriptures. In fact, we have a whole book of the Bible dedicated to it. The book of Psalms covers almost every single emotion and feeling imaginable and puts those emotions and feelings into words of praise, thanksgiving, lament, even anger towards God and the world. And so if you're ever unsure if God can handle all of your emotions, all of your feelings, just take a quick peek through the book of Psalms. And we'll see that God's been hearing this for a while. Like, look at Psalm 13 here. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? That's just the first two verses of Psalm 13. Believe me. God can handle any and every emotion that you might be feeling. Earlier in our service, Christian read Psalm 84 for us, a very different vibe from Psalm 13. This psalm is a prayer of longing, adoration, and praise to God. It's a reminder that the psalmist often finds comfort in the presence of God. And how wonderful that presence is that even the sparrows and the birds find a home in God's presence. Our prayers can be a reminder of God's com comforting presence for us and for others too. So, with all of these different ways that we can pray, this week I want to lovingly challenge you to explore a new way to pray. If you're someone who prays the Lord's Prayer every night before bed, maybe Google a different version of the Lord's Prayer. There's a lot out there. And try that one for a week. See what sticks out to you about it. Or try making your own version of the Lord's Prayer for your needs that day. First, naming and praising who God is. Second, naming your needs for that day.
If you're someone like me who struggles with prayer, maybe try memorizing a simple breath prayer for the week. I am a beloved child of God. I will share that love with others. Or you can incorporate talking with God into an activity that you already do, like driving around. Or for me, when I'm knitting, I'll think about my mom or my grandma and reflect on all the ways that I'm so, so grateful for having them in my life and what they have taught me. This reflection on what I'm grateful for can be a form of prayer too. Maybe you want to read through the Psalms and meditate on those words of prayer. However you choose to pray this week, just remember, there is no way of doing this wrong. There is no messing this up because prayer is simply communication with God. We can pray with or without words. We can be in prayer when we notice what God is doing around us in the world each and every single day. Amen. Amen.